This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Monday and Friday video cast live on Twitch. Woo! Rebroadcast on the YouTubes. Oh, and no. we can also invade your ear holes via iTunes if you want to not look at us, which I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. Invading ear holes. That sounds so scary. Have you seen the video of like where they pour, I think it's like water down this kid's ear and then like a centipede runs out of it? Yeah, they do that in a lot of Terrifying. Uh, Beastmaster, they put the like, green thing in you. Oh, dude, Beastmaster. That neck beard is great movie. Got to go, no, this man. This is a strong I just got to look at this that. This is a strong beard, bro. It's not. It um, is, though. It is. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. I don't want to. Look at it. <laughs> Makes me feel weird. So anyway, if you want to join us on iTunes or if you're listening to us, thank you for downloading the podcast. Make sure to please rate and review and leave a comment if you don't mind. It helps to uh, get us raise awareness Ooh. about the safe space that is Signals from the Frontline. I'm trying to appeal to the millennials. We're like Smokey the Bear. Only you can like Frontline Gaming. <laughs> on fire? I don't like that. No, I said like. Oh, like, oh, there yes. you go. That's actually true. That is actually true. But uh, we have a great show planned for you today. We're going to go back to the original, the good, the goodest and the bestest. The goodest and the bestest. It's the goodest adjective. It's my favorite one. It doesn't work. It's presidential. Nope. We're going to make the podcast great again. I guarantee it. Oh, geez. <laughs> so there's an interesting article that came up on Bowls uh, today, and it was taking the uh, from an industry analyst outsider, this is not necessarily accurate, but uh, usually based off some pretty good data. Um, what is the top selling miniatures games in the United States non-collectible? Uh, always interesting because we, we're obviously biased. We're very much oriented towards Games Workshop. Uh, but supposedly the top five selling games, and I'd like to hear in the comment section at the end of the, at the, end of the show from the Twitch chat, if this mirrors what you see at your FLGS or in your community, um, Star Wars X-Wing, number one. War Machine, number uh, three. 40K is number two. Uh, Age of Sigmar, number four. And Hordes, number five. So I know X-Wing sells like hotcakes. And like looking at, like, gosh, Nova Open sold out the final, their national event. 200-something players. 56. 256 players they sold out in like an hour or something or less. Yeah. So uh, clearly there's a lot of people out there playing. But uh, I, I don't see that personally, and I'd really like to hear what other people have to say, because this data is based on, as I understand it, the data is based on feedback from FLGSs. It's not based on, like, sales figures. Yeah, well, because what I think is, like, a lot of these guys actually play the games at their house, like or, or like, Star Wars X-Wing is played at people's houses, I think, mainly. Because most game stores, when I go in, I don't see a lot of people playing Star Wars X-Wing. But um, I've, I've heard of but, people reporting that they that it's the more popular game. Yeah. And we travel all over the place for gaming uh, due to our careers, obviously. Yeah. And I, I, I never, ever see X-Wing bigger than um, the other games. I've heard of it, and it, Nova Open is obviously is going to be the exception to the rule this year. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard from uh, in the South and Texas for a while it was vastly more popular that was when 40K, you know, kind of went through its lull in 6th edition when things were a little dicey. Yeah. But uh, let us know what you think. I find that very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see it because, I mean, Star Wars has a huge following. And it's a it's a pretty simple game. Like, you can sit down and learn it in, like, an hour. Um, I, I've heard it has a lot more depth when you uh, add the cards in. But uh, it's really easy. You could play a game right out of the starter box in, like, an hour. So it's it's, yeah. it's really fun. And I think a lot of people especially Star Wars fans are picking it up to play at home, like beer and pretzels game. So when it's a highly competitive game too, oh, yeah, I mean, they, for sure. they have huge tournaments. Like they have a very organized structured tournament system there. They yeah. fantasy flight took a, a page out of uh, wizards of the coast book. Um, they have very structured like regional events. Yep. And um, with the support of the manufacturer, it very well could grow to be the bigger tournament game. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and, Thankfully, we're starting to see Games Workshop getting back involved 
So awesome. I think that uh, 40K and, and Age of Sigma is only going to continue to grow. Yeah. Obviously, War Machine uh, is supported very heavily by Privateer Press, although my Facebook feed was nothing but people lamenting um, the uh, cessation of the Press Ganger program. Really? Yeah, Privateer Press pulled the plug wow. on that. Um, that's a big deal for a lot of people because it was so important to them, yeah. and it helped grow the game. But uh, in the press release that they put out, they said that the uh, program had become unwieldy. They couldn't support it anymore. That's unfortunate yeah. because I know a lot of people were really excited to be a press ganger and really drive yeah. War Machine in their local areas. So yeah. yeah, it was a bummer, man. I had so many people on my feed that were uh, lamenting, like, oh, my gosh, this is a bummer. Like, I made some of my best friends in the whole world as a result of being a press ganger. Yeah. Like, it made me feel good about myself because I had, you know, a lot of emotional attachment to it. So, um, well, it's very similar to like uh, magic, how they have the different ranked judges and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very similar. Um, but I think in, and don't quote me on this. I don't think magic, I don't think they get like special discounts or like points or anything like that, but they might, I, I'm not sure. I do um, not know. But I know how the press gangers did get yeah. that. So I do understand how it could become unwieldy to manage that, especially with, the amount of points they're giving out for tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the people are getting you know free armies all yeah. left and right. But if they're out there evangelizing your your game and growing your game, you're, it's definitely a net positive. You're making more money by people playing the game. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure it was a decision that was difficult to make. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a bummer. So if you're a press ganger, yeah. we um, we feel bad for you. But uh, I think it's interesting that it's like split up: War Machine, then Age of Sigmar, and then Hordes. That's, that's interesting how the War Machine and Hordes is separated like that. Well, I mean, you could have combined Age of Sigmar and 40K together, too, and just said Games Workshop. True, yeah. But, uh, I mean, they, they, I mean, they are technically different games, although they are, you play them together. So, yeah, yeah, it is interesting. I wonder, I wonder if combined, what if they would pass 40K. I don't know. 40K. So, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to hear what, uh, what you all say. But then again, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably biased towards Games Workshop games. Two, and maybe in your local store, there that is the popular game, and that's what everyone's playing. So uh, just curious, because these, these are always fuzzy numbers that we get. Yeah. Today is the last day to take advantage of the new release special for the Triumvirate of the Primarch featuring Robute Giamin or Robute, Robute. Galalaman. I don't know. No one knows how to say it. They, GW just confused it. Robert. Robert? Yeah. Robert Guyman. Guy, guy dude. <laughs> You're like, oh. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I do know how to pronounce awesome, and that's what the miniature is. Dude, he's that blinging. That's what he good. is. He's, he's got bling. Yeah, th this thing is absolutely, this is a spectacular model, and it's obviously a very exciting and seminal event in 40K. The return of a loyalist Primark that everyone thought was gone for good. Yeah. Uh, we are actually painting one of these right now for Mini Wargamer Dave. Uh, that's going to be really cool. I know he's going to be super stoked. Uh, they're going to feature it in one of their videos. It's coming out of our new FLG paint studio. And thank you for those of you who came in, uh, responded to the application. We do have two new painters. Woo. Uh, so that was awesome. And uh, the way things are going, we may need another one in the near future. So uh, keep your ears open. But we will be posting pictures of Robute Galalaman as soon as possible. I'm going to pronounce it different every time. I would like it. <laughs> Chris Morgan sent me a list of ways to pronounce it. They're all funny. Robo. Awesome. Robo Girly Man is one of the more popular ones. But um, the model is absolutely amazing. He's on a 60 mil base. Yeah. Uh, he's like a dreadnought sized character. Oh, he's awesome. He's really absolutely cool. fantastic. Uh, so yeah, if you want to take advantage of that and order that at the 25% off new release special price, please do today. Please do so today. Uh, orders at frontlinegaming.org is where you want to send that order to. And uh, pretty much guaranteed, I, 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 don't, I haven't looked at the inventory, but... I'm 99% certain we've already sold all of them. So there may be a little bit of a delay in getting it to you just to let you know, but uh, you will get it because everyone sold out. Yeah. Uh, we do have another really awesome new release, this time a little bit uh, more personal. Just a little. Because it's, it's made by us. Uh, we've got some new ITC terrain bundles. The uh, Robot City bundle was extremely popular. Thank you to everybody who purchased. Uh, those are all getting shipped out as we speak. And the ITC Urban sets, we came out with 10 different bundles from the very affordable to like more than a complete set. Um, these will give you great opportunities or many options to either start your urban collection or to expand on it. Yeah. Um, they, we broke up all the different pieces into to three different smaller, more affordable bundles. We have the complete set, which features 
an urban FLG mat and one of each of the urban uh, terrain kits. And uh, we also have the ITC standard set, which is what the, you guys played on on Tuesday Night Fight. And it's what you see on the tables at the Las Vegas Open. That's the way we set up the tables for tournaments. Um, and it features multiples of some of the kits to get a really nice coverage on the table. And again, these are all at a bundled discounted rate. Yep. So you save money and uh, it's pretty affordable to get your table looking pretty nice. So. Yeah. And the terrain is all mm -hmm. easy to assemble. It's easy yeah. to paint. It's durable. And we will be working on videos showing off how to make your terrain. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to affordably get that terrain on your tables. Uh, definitely check it out. And just to so there's no confusion, uh, the mat and the terrain do ship separately. Yeah, just yeah, so, just, one and then the other. Yeah, so um, it does come in two different packages. We had a couple, and that's an obvious question that you would ask if you only right. got, thought you only got half your order. Uh, but on that note, also, we are restocked on FLG mats. Uh, we sold out of Badlands, Grasslands, and City really quickly. So we did just get a restock in um, at the beginning of the week. If you want to grab those, they are selling pretty quickly. Make sure to jump in and grab one yep. and take advantage of it. Speaking of sold out, everything's selling out. Oh, BAO sold out in I think what four days? I think so. It was about four. Yeah, yeah, I think it was four days. So the BAO is sold out. If you want to be put on the waiting list for the event, click on the BAO tab at frontlinegaming.org, and then click the button that says "click here" to be put on the wait list. Click right here. Mm. Look at that little button. Look at that button. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a great event. Very excited. The BAO is going to be. Pretty cool. I wonder who's going to take it this year. This is going to be a big year, though, because, like, rumors are indicating we may even have a new edition. So it's going to be crazy. I'm really excited to see how it goes down. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Grant won it last year. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We have a lot of familiar faces coming. You can actually go over to Best Coast Pairings and see who's coming. Um, Goat Boy, PJ Pants is coming out of retirement. My money's on Goat Boy. He's going to take it. He's going to go in there. He's going to get it. The Goat? The Goat. It's, I'm very interested to see how it all shakes down. And that's a good transition to talking in about the ITC because there is a lot going on. Uh, I want to throw a big shout out and thank you to the uh, ITC judging staff, yep. uh, especially Chris Morgan. These guys have been working a lot, Chris in particular. Um, they have gone through, answered all the interim questions that we've gotten, right? So the interim questions, again, just to make sure everybody understands, these are questions for, uh, these are answers to rules questions that we're giving you right now. Uh, and then they hold until the next vote or until GW FAQs stuff. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff from the Gathering Storm books in there. Um, there was a bunch of rulings that they had on the floor at the LVO that we have added in. Um, a bunch of stuff. So make sure to go check it out. And I really want to say a special thanks to Chris. Uh, he's from Forge Narrative Podcast. He came here all the way from Salt Lake City as a 15-hour drive both ways. And he sat his butt down and re, like, completely revised the FAQ documentation, cut 10 pages out of it, but then also added in the, uh, FA, the ITC Army Construction Guidelines all into one doc. Yeah. Made it super easy to navigate, super easy to read. He put like 25 hours of work into this. Oh, yeah. He definitely uh, helped out a lot. Big shout out to Chris. Awesome guy. Uh, next time you see him, make sure to shake his hand. Don't buy him a beer, though. No. But you can buy him a, a, a Gatorade. He, he does like those. Yeah. So yeah, big big shout out. And his also it was cool. It was, it was his part of his like graduation project for university um, to go in and actually do one of these uh, technical documents for a company. So it worked out. It was a win win. Yeah. But uh, jump in there and check it out. Not only to see the new interim rulings, but also just to see how much easier the the document is to navigate. There's a navigation bar on the left hand side. Super easy. Uh, and then there's also an article that will be published on Frontline Gaming soon, kind of spelling out everything that was done. Um, good stuff. It's going to make it way much more accessible to, um, to find the information you're looking for in regards to ITC format. Definitely. There might be some droids on there mm -hmm. that you're looking for. <laughs> these are not the droids. So then we're also going to be obviously uh, shooting a lot of these interim rulings off to GW so that they can see the questions that people are asking. And you may see them respond in an FAQ sooner than later. They've been really good about it. So we'll see how that uh, shakes down. Uh, we're also going live with the new missions. Yeah. So this is something we've been working on for the past month. A uh, big thank you to Best Coast Pairings, Nova Open, and the Renegade Open. And again, Chris, uh, for helping to format all the documents. Uh, those missions will be live today. And the Best Coast Pairings app should be updated tonight. 
So what you want to do is if you're playing an event um, this coming weekend, you're going to want to make sure to update your uh, Best Coast Pairings app. Yeah. Uh, you want to update it because it's going to have all the new changes. It'll show the new scoring structure. Um, it's going to give you the option to play all the different missions. So now we're going from six to 16 missions. We're going from the six ITC missions. We did not change them other than to change the scoring structure. We added in the Renegade Open missions. There's six of those. And the Nova missions, there's four of those. Although the Nova missions are very uh, malleable. They can be played very differently from... The same yeah. mission can be played very, very differently because you choose your objectives. Yep. Uh, there's an interview at the end of this show. Those of you watching live, you'll have to listen to it on the podcast or on YouTube uh, with Mike Brandt from the Nova Open. He's uh, on the show talking about the, the changes. And the cool thing, the, the, what took a little bit of brain power is that we made it so that you don't have to play the whole mission set. You can pick and choose. Like if you're, at a three, if you're running an RTT with three rounds, mm -hmm. you can do one Nova mission, one ITC, one Renegade Open mission, and they blend together mathematically so that they all have the same kind of limitations on points. Even though that they're, they score differently within the, the, the round, the total tournament points are all equivalent. Yeah, yeah. So it'll give you variety, which will be really nice. You're not just playing the same ITC missions over and over again. Now you could pick from a, a, a pool of 16. It's great. So. Yeah, this season will give you a ton of variety. Yeah. And it's, it's great that we're all working together, right? Oh, yeah. Like that, that's a big part of this, too, is that all the TOs, which can tend to want to do things their own way, uh, which is fine, we're all cooperating, which is great. Yep. Uh, and then for everyone else who participates and goes to the events, you get a lot more variety, which is rad. So yep. um, those missions will all be published on FLG today. And again, update your Best Coast Pairings app because uh, those are going to be live tonight. Boom. And if you're an uh, event organizer running an event this weekend, be aware of the changes. Don't freak out. So the scoring structure, it was always 0 to 11. It's now 0 to 19. We did that to accommodate all the different types of missions. Now, it really doesn't make any difference. Um, for example, for the ITC, if the primary and the secondary were four and four um, and a tie was two and there was three bonus points, then now eight and eight, a tie is four and there's three bonus points. It doesn't change, it mathematically doesn't change anything except it makes the bonus points um, a little bit less valuable for overall ranking. That's it. Yeah. But in terms of how the mission plays, it changes nothing. So that was the, the compromise we made to accommodate all the different missions. And uh, just be aware of that. Don't freak out. Even if you're just going to just use the six ITC missions, it'll be 0 to 19 instead of 0 to 11. Yep. That's doesn't it. really change much. Yeah, it doesn't change much. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Heck yeah. It's gonna I, be like, a lot of fun. I like mission variety. It's you great. know what? It's going to be really interesting to see how, what missions are the most popular. And again, there's no ego attached to this. Like we already decided for the LVL, we're going to run the, the missions that were the most popular. Yeah. So we're going to look at the data and go, okay, which were the most popular missions? Oh, we're going to use those. Yep. So uh, it's going to be really interesting because the Renegade Open missions are very similar to ITC. They just let you choose your secondaries, which I think by default, the competitive players are going to want like those more. Yeah. I think our missions are actually going to be the least popular. Oh, yeah. No, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because our missions were trying to be close to the book with random Maelstrom. And casual players tend to like that, like Maelstrom, more. Uh, but the competitively minded players, and I'm generalizing, of course, but they tend to like to have control over their destiny. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to bet that uh, our missions are still really popular because people are familiar with them. Yeah. And they're, they're simple on purpose. But where you have Renegade and Nova missions are more complicated, but they give you more control. Nova missions the most. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Nova is going to be up there with Renegade. I think it's going to be a battle between those two. And I think Nova might actually take it because of the, um, the different ways you can play their missions. Like, you can really adapt it to your army. So. I think that the only thing that would stop, that would make Renegade the more popular choice... Uh, is the fact that they're really similar to ITC. It's not a big yeah. change where Nova missions are really complex and you have to play them a couple times. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of reading to get through. But then once you crack that shell, they're really, really brilliantly designed missions. Oh, yeah. Right. So I think that there's some people might take a look at it. And Mike and I joke about it on the interview. They kind of look at it and go, nope. <laughs> but I think once you get used to it, it's well worth the investment of time. Oh, yeah. Once you play in it. 
or play them a few times at like a tournament, you'll be like, oh yeah, these are great. So, but then you can always go back to old trusty the ITC missions. Come and on, go, keep us up there. Yeah. And then you just go like, oh wait, I know what to do here. And yeah. then you roll in the maelstrom screws, and you're like, nope, never again. <laughs> and again, we were just trying to stay true to the format GW put forward, and that's why we had that. But um, yeah. not to put our missions down, I think they're great. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do, I really do like the the changes from the other uh, missions. So at any rate, uh, enough about that. And make sure to update your Best Ghost Pairings app. We're going to say it one more time. And, uh, and do that tonight. Um, and there's a ton Look at the spread. of we events. Have, this Norway. Poland, Norway. Alaska. Alaska, New Jersey. Canada. Uh, Ohio, Texas, Everywhere. Oklahoma, Missouri, Washington, Can uh, Ontario, Canada, Montreal, Quebec, El Paso, Texas. Newark. Newark, New Jersey. Uh, this is awesome. There is so many games. Oh, Newark, Delaware, excuse me. Uh, Pittsburgh, and another one in Quebec, in Gatineau. It's crazy. There are so many ITC like events it. going on. It's awesome. Uh, and then we're going to go through the rankings because those are live, baby. Also, Age of Sigmar um, live rankings are also up. Catch those on the ninth round. Number one, Adrian Gennard hanging tough. First place, this, this is, is a battle. battle. Killing well, it, dude. Well done. But his lead has been narrowed considerably by Robert Harp in second, third, Patrick McCainini. McCainini. I think I got it. Jesus. <laughs> Zach Bowles in fourth. Uh, Natalie Gennard in fifth. That is actually Adrian's, I believe, wife uh, for Gossie Gennard. Sixth, we have John Moore. Seventh, we have Aaron Along. Eight, we have Wesley Polly. Nine, Caden Humphreys. And ten, we have Charles Arnett. Uh, Chuck Arnett. Charles. What is this? Putting on airs, getting fancy on us. Yeah. Uh, a lot of familiar names already jumping into the top 10. A lot of new names, too. And a female, which I think is great. That's great. Uh, ITC team rankings. Can Hammer continues to kick everybody's ass, you mean Canadians. Thanks a lot. Uh, second place, we have Death Spiral Down. And third, we have Man Beard Gaming, which Man I love. Man Beard Gaming. No, no. They said Man Beard. Oh, dang no, it. Not, Wait a minute. Not, not Boy Beard. <laughs> Uh, Sisters of Battle, obviously, we have Adrian Gennard in first place. Uh, uh, Space Marines, we have Patrick McCannini. Uh, that is a tough one. Uh, Astro Militarium, we have William Pagonis. Blood Angels, we have Timothy Travers. Chaos Demons, we have Charles Arnett. Chuck. <laughs> Chaos Renegades, we have Aaron Hayden. Uh, Chaos Space Marines, we have Nick Barden. Uh, Colt Mechanicus, Robert Harp, currently in first place. Dark Angels, we have Zach Bowles. Dark Eldar, we have Marlon Torres, Death Watch. We have Jeffrey Merrick. Eldar, Anthony O'Dell. Corsairs, Carter Leach, reasserting himself. <laughs> I'm back in it. He's like not even a week off. Shaylin Allen is currently leading the pack with Grey Knights. Gene Sealer Colt, we have Natalie Gennard. Um, Harlequins, we have Garrett Lilly. Imperial Knights, we have Derek Page, Inquisition, Adam Eichelberger. That is a that's a good one. I like that. Night Renegades, we have Samuel Bowman and KDK. Danny uh, Denny Page, our buddy from up in Washington. Military Tempestus, we have Robert Bouchon. Necrons, we have Caden Humphreys. Assassins, we have Paul Boutin. Orcs, Troy Graber, right back in there. A lot of the same names. I like right. it. <laughs> Skitaro, we have Brandon Impey. Space Wolves, we have Wesley Polly. And Tau, we have Paul McKelvey. Lastly, Tyranids, Joshua Griffey. Tyler Larson got knocked off his pedestal. Oh, poor Tyler. Get in there. Come on, Tyler. So uh, rumors, we have a ton of rumors floating around. Some really, really cool stuff. Again, we do have the Gathering Storm 3 book, but uh, we are not going to spoil the fluff. I just will say that shit is going down. The toilet. Where it should go. Nice. Get it? Nice. But it. it is definitely going down. The, the the they are this is not a throwaway story like things are happening like big things are happening there's rumors of uh well Giamman's clearly back in business uh he's clearly at least calling a lot of the shots and there's even rumors he's creating like new armies but Giamman he would like stick to it right he'd only make like a thousand space marines in each chapter but he, he might make like 10 chapters but there's only going to be that a thousand. Uh, who knows if he's going to make chapters or, or if they're going to be space rings or what, but he's gathering the Imperial. He's, he's oh, dude. raising the Imperial armies. He's bringing back the thunder. From down under? Yeah. The Thunder Warriors? Yes. They're coming back, dude. 
He's like, I found these guys in Vegas. All oh, these Here's guys are cool place. These guys have no. <laughs> Here they come. Running out there with shirts off. They got bow ties on and <laughs> bolters. <laughs> and then when they come out to a line up for battle, they do a very uh, alluring dance. They flex their they flex their oh packs. The Tyranids are like, what is happening here? <laughs> So awesome. Yeah, no, Gaiman is like, what's a Tyranid, right? Like, this is new. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. It's going to be fun. I uh, can't wait. I don't want to spoil anything more, but like the showdown between Chaos and the Imperium is... That's going to be awesome. Definitely happening. But Abaddon lost his big ship, correct? He destroyed like, the Cadian Gate by crashing the fortress. He's like, we're losing. <laughs> snatching, All in. snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, but it's it's going down. Like this is not uh, this is not going to be just like a in subsector eight of section four. A guy did this and Timmy and, fell in a well. Like, yeah, oh. and then uh, and then you know exterminatus. Ooh, no, this is like galactic level shit is going down. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So definitely pick up that book up. Obviously, when it goes up for sale uh, with Games Workshop, you can order it from us at a discount. Pretty cool. Uh, also, we have a commission we recently completed. Iron Hands 30k commission. It's pretty gorgeous. Oh. If I do say so myself. Uh, make sure to check us out for your next paint commission. We'd be happy to hook you up. All right, Twitch. Hit us. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. PJ Pants wants to challenge Brandon Grant game one at BAO. Throw the gauntlet down if he picks it up. Jeez. That would be brutal. That would be amazing. Uh, sad. He, he wanted to do the same thing at LVO with uh, Matt Root. PJ just calls everybody out. Hit you! <laughs> now! <laughs> he digs it. Uh, Tau Dog, I keep throwing out Warzone Atlanta missions. Huge in the South and a lot of fun. Uh, Tau Dog, yeah. We are very open to communicating and cooperating with uh, NETOs. Um, the reason that we went with Nova and Renegade Open is that that was like by a mile the missions that we were requested the most to incorporate. Mm -hmm. Didn't get a lot of feedback about Warzone Atlanta until after we'd already kind of like moved things forward, but we are totally open-minded to cooperating with um, with any TOs that have well-established missions that have been played a lot. Like, yeah. um, like Nova missions, ITC missions have been played a ton. ITC missions have been played thousands and thousands of times. So um, not to say that Warzone Atlanta missions aren't as good. And I, I don't know, I haven't played them. Uh, but yeah, shoot him our way. We'd be happy to take a look at him. Uh, Maestrosk. I want to know what unit should be used in the Ulthway Strike Force. Uh, Your choice, bro. Whatever you want. Warwalkers, how many per unit? Scatter lasers, obviously. I, I mean, if you're going to use Warwalkers, I, the Scatter Laser Warwalkers are, in my opinion, the best okay. choice. Uh, they put out so much, uh, so much damage. Yeah. yeah. I personally like the two-man units as well. Um, three, baby. Three is a little expensive. Um, let me see. And yes, Mastrosk, you can ask whatever questions you want. We may just not answer them. Uh, Gregor, so going all in with Age of Sigmar this year at Adepticon, is that a reflection of the rules at Adepticon for 40K or just excited about your new Age of Sigmar armies? Um, We're running a booth. So yeah. unfortunately, we can't really participate in the 40K tournament because it would take us away from the booth for too long. So we're going to be playing in the Age of Sigmar tournament, which is like one day, and then we'll just alternate. So. Well, it's, it's different days. So yeah. Frankie will play. I'll be watching the booth. Frankie plays. Frankie watches the booth. I play. Um, and we are really excited about our Age of Sigmar armies. We've been playing the game a lot. It's an amazing, awesome game. It is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really enjoying the game. And um, the, the, the format at Adepticon is a little, a little different. And it would require a little bit of like kind of like re rethinking things a little bit. We decided to stick with what we've been doing recently. Yeah. Uh, Lock Infinity, are you guys going to Broadside Bash? Yeah. Uh, duh. It's here in San Diego. <laughs> we will definitely be there. We've been to, I think we've gone to Broadside every year since we started Frontline. Um, I have missed it, I think, maybe once or twice in the last like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like, but I think the times that either of us weren't there, the other one was there. So. Yeah, and you've won it twice, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. so Frankie has to go. Um, <laughs> Access of Entropy, thank you. Yeah, got two years of streaming. Man, thank wow. you for subscribing for so long. Yeah, thank you so Appreciate much. It. And we're going to be ramping up the streaming a lot, guys. Once the, the next step is the studio, we're going to have uh, the painters stream while they're painting. 
so that they can you can ask them questions about the techniques they're using. You can see what they're working on. Um, if you want to give them a tip with a donation, they'd really appreciate it. We give all the money to the artist. Um, so that's something cool that uh, we're going to get going here sooner than later. I don't, I don't, yeah. We don't have an exact date yet. Yeah, but we'll want them to show you guys some new techniques, stuff like that, interact with you guys, and give you guys more content. So Absolutely. Gregos, we're looking forward to seeing you too again, buddy. It's always fun to hang out with you at Adepticon. Okay. Um, and uh, there was another question I just... Uh, oh, also, in regards to uh, Broadside Bash, we are actively working on uh, looking at getting a San Diego GT going. So we're, we're looking at like seven different venues right now. They're all pretty expensive, so we're trying to find one that, that makes sense. But we're shooting for fall. Uh, we're hoping to do it this year, so we'll keep you guys informed. Um, as soon as we get the contract signed on a venue, we're going to start promoting it. But that's, gonna, that's something I've wanted to do forever. Um, there, there's not really a competitive GT in Southern California. Yeah. Uh, the Broadside Bash is um, a great event. Absolutely encourage people to go. It's so much fun. But it's definitely it's like an old school where painting and, and sportsmanship count for usually almost as or as much, sometimes even more than playing. Yeah. Uh, definitely an old school style event, which is, which is great. It's not a dig against them but we'll keep you informed because that's going to be uh, really exciting and let, let us know too on format because we're throwing a couple ideas around we're thinking about doing it as a team um, kind of like similar to like the ATC because um, th there's nothing like that in, around here in the western United States so let us know what you guys think we could do a traditional GT maybe do a, a team format um, be yeah. curious to hear your feedback the team format ones are a lot of fun they are so much fun we'll be back at ATC this year yeah ATC is so much fun they yeah. really do a good job with that event yeah if you guys haven't gone definitely recommend it I know it is a little difficult to get five people out to an event yeah. but it is totally worth it cool guys well thank you very much for tuning in we appreciate it have a good weekend and we'll see you next week bye hey what's up everybody this is Reesius here with a very special interview with a good friend of mine and a fellow TO and all around, good dude, Mr. Michael Brandt from the Nova Open Foundation, uh, head organizer of the Nova, Oak, Nova Open Convention, and also a very active uh, organizer in the tabletop gaming community, not only in 40K, but also in games such as Malifaux, which he's a big fan of, and now Fantasy Flight Games, making uh, quite the splash in the uh, X-Wing community, uh, hosting a national event at the Nova Open. Uh, Mike, it's a pleasure having you. Thank you for joining us for uh, this interview on Signals from the Frontline. Reese, it's an honor to be on the show, and it's always good to talk to you, brother. You too, buddy. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, there's always funny misconceptions online. People think that uh, the various tournament organizers might be at, uh, at ends or opposed to one another. And nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, Mike and I actually talk uh, at least once a week, sometimes more than that, uh, Just sometimes just about bullshitting about life or talking, comparing notes about things that have worked for us for our events. Uh, and then, of course, we um, all went over to the UK to hang out with the GW guys, and that was a ton of fun. So uh, it is always good to talk to you, buddy. Right back at you, and I'd echo that. I mean, I think as everybody you know, knows, a lot of us tend to be competitive in some way, and I think that the community often has this perception that there's, there's this event or bust, which over time – you know, as the organizers we've learned, and I think most of the attendees have, they're spread out across the year for one. And for two, they're, they're this cool opportunity to get together with people who are like you. And if anything, um, you know, people like Reese and I and Hank from Adepticon and Co., uh, we kind of are a small group of people who are the only folks who truly get what it takes to put on these events and how sometimes it can be painful, but how awesome the reward is and seeing everybody have a great time. And I don't know. We, in addition to being a pretty cool guy, you that is, uh, it's something we kind of bond over. So, if I can reinforce that, um, it's it's more. What, what is one hundred percent true? Like you, myself, um, uh, back in the day, John Wolf. Um, I worked very closely with. Oh him. yeah. Uh, he he's kind of taken a step back and handed over the reins to Chris, but. Um, the all the Adepticon guys, Chris, um, Matthias, Hank, Sparks, like, uh, and obviously my business partner Frankie as well. Everyone, we get it, right? Like, it's it's not that many people out there who understand what it takes to run these events, and it's it is such a challenge. It's so much harder than people think it is, and it's it's nice to be able to talk to somebody that that understands. Like, 
you know, if you're another person who's been a, a, gone through an adverse situation or a challenging situation, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody else who gets it. So that definitely was the foundation of all of our friendship. We would never would have met each other otherwise, right? We're all spread across the country. Um, and we do, we all work so closely together, which is a really good segue into the uh, topic of the interview is that we are, I think, one or two days away from launching uh, the new mission pack for the ITC 2017 season and for it going live on the Best Coast Pairings app, uh, the, the tournament and player app, allowing uh, people to choose from a, uh, a catalog of 16 missions. Previously, there were six ITC scenarios, one through six. Now there's going to be 16 uh, scenarios, uh, ITC, Renegade Open, and Nova Open, and with that comes uh, not only the increased variety and depth of uh, and breadth of experience for the tournament, ITC tournament player or, or any format, uh, but it's it's really cool because it's worked into the app and it really signifies uh, uh, from a symbolic uh, perspective how everyone is working together and we all have kind of come together. So I think that that's super, super cool and I can't wait to see how the community reacts to all that variety. Yeah, I'm stoked about it too because you know for those if, if they're if they're reading about the missions after or before they've heard this podcast they'll already know. But if they haven't read them yet, um, you know what Reese and I and the Renegade Open did, which was pretty cool. We worked with Best Coast Pairings to do it as well. Um, is that we've recalibrated some of our scoring. Um, none of it has really impacted the way the missions work, which is was a bit coincidental and a bit beneficial, but. Um, it's now, it's seamless to integrate the missions either way. So if you go to a Nova open event, it is as easy as the, as the day is long to add ITC missions instead of having to just use Nova missions and vice versa. Uh, the same applies to if you're used to using only the ITC missions, now you can add Renegade open missions, Nova open missions, whatever. And you don't have to change your scoring or your pairing or your format or anything else to do it. So that's pretty cool. And we're also... And at least from the Nova Open perspective, we're moving more and more into, you know, integrating with and and synergizing with the way Reese and, and the ITC, which is so awesome, are doing, um, you know, FAQs and, you know, approaching community input on things like army construction so that it's easier and easier to go to different events without having to, you know, run an entirely different army or have an entirely different approach to missions or scoring. And so... You know, in addition to being symbolic, it hopefully should make it easier for everyone to, to play together at just about any event in the country. Yeah, 100%. And that's that's one of the common misconceptions about the ITC is that we're trying to dictate the way people play. And that's nothing can be further from the truth. Neither, no one involved, including you, Mike, um, and I know this because we, we've talked about it off air. It's like we really don't care how everyone is playing the game as long as they're playing and having, yep. <laughs> and having fun, man. That's like, oh, I, everything we do is to facilitate making it easier to, to run an event, to, to uh, organize your local community, to go to the game store and understand the game that you're both playing. Like, you can simply, simply say, do you know? Do you play Nova? Oh, I do. Do you play ITC? Oh, I do. Uh, my list is actually built that way. Well, now it's all the same, and it just makes it easier to play. But if you if you do want to go do your own thing, go do it and do it with our blessing and have fun, man. Like, I, I could literally care less. But this does make it easier for the, the, the traveling player, for, for the, the player that's active in the community, for the competitive player, for the casual player, it makes it easier to have a baseline, right? Like someone could say, oh, we're, we're ITC slash Nova, but, you know, we really like letting in all the super heavy, so that's that's our change. It gives you a baseline. And with the, 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 the power of the app, the Best Coast Pairings app, it makes running an event just so, so easy. You don't have to do any data entry there's no fear of getting demonized uh, by attendees. If you make a data entry error, it's all on them. Um, it, it just makes it so much more enjoyable. You can focus on the thing you like as a tournament organizer, which is interacting with people. So um, I think it's just the coolest thing ever that now people can just go, you know what, at this tournament, we're going to do one mission ITC, one Renegade, and one Nova, and that the math works. The, the missions are all comparable in how they score. And uh, that I, I do want to mention as well that that took – um, that took uh, quite a bit of compromise on the part of everybody involved, but everybody was happy, happy to do it. And uh, I want to say thank you uh, to Mike and your crew, including Phil, who uh, helped make that happen. Well, it, yeah, and I'd go right back at you on that. When everybody sees it, Nova changed some of its um, point allocation approaches, and uh, the ITC did the same, and it looked like Renegade did the same. And so everybody uses the same max and min scales now, so it makes it 
sort of seamless because if you're playing whatever the format of your event, um, no matter which mission you use, they all have the same point scale. And so they automatically integrate with each other without having to do anything else with the mission. So you don't have to change the mission to use them together, which is cool. And I'll sort of echo what Reese said in the sense that, um, you know, and I don't know if people know this all that well, I think the presumption comes from the perspective of the average player being an individual. You think of us as TOs as thinking like just an average individual. And for me, anyway, I got into the tournament scene as an individual. I went, I, I don't see a tournament style out there that is exactly what I want. And so my first years of running it, it was what I wanted. It was, um, you know, the Mike Brandt format, if you will. But as you get more into running these things year after year, and I've seen the same thing happen with Reese, um, with the Adepticon folks and everybody, and obviously we, we've sort of all been inspired by Adepticon, but, you know, you, you stop running your event and you start running the event that your attendees and the community most need. And so over time, it goes from being, you know, this personal thing maybe at first to being something that's all about trying to make everybody have a better time. And I think that's what's happened here is that both Reese and I and I think others, Renegade Open is another good example. All we really want is for you guys to have a fantastic time wherever you go. And so our missions and our formats and our approaches and the way we think even has fundamentally changed year after year to be more and more aimed at how many people can we make have a great time and 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 how much better can we make that year after year? And I think this is just another outcropping of that. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like when Frankie and I started the BAO one, it was we were largely inspired by Adepticon and by Nova Open. You guys had happened in the same year, and we were like, oh wow, this is awesome. We want to try this too. And it was 100%. Let's do it the way we want to do it. <laughs> and it, it, yep. thank thank goodness it worked, right? And uh, and the funny thing is, is whenever anybody is critical um, towards. Uh, switch happens and whatever we don't take it personally at all i always say like hey if you think you've if you think you're really tuned in to the way people want to do it then by all means go and do it you know put, absolutely put your money in like if it's if you're right it'll succeed and uh and, and we say that without any like sarcasm or malice it's it's, it's true sentiment because as you as you noted that's how we started yeah and that's true for all of us is we we all had our thoughts about what was missing and we added it and we built on you know the inspiration of others like adepticon or whatever and, you know, each time it got better. And over time, we look at each other and we go, hey, this, you know, this thing that ITC does is obviously one of the best things out there because of how wildly successful it is, how much fun everybody has at the events. We got to take advantage of, you know, those lessons learned and vice versa. And, you know, again, you take this inspirational kernel that is what inspires us to begin with, which is to, to, to add to the community what we think is missing. And then over time, that, that, that becomes this critical building block to an even better experience for everybody. And you guys are the prototypical example of that because of how dramatically ITC has revitalized sort of the 40K and gaming community, and it's, it's awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, like we always say, you may not like every aspect of it. I don't agree with every ruling in it. Uh, but Mostly I just don't like you. Yeah, well, yeah, hey, that, I can accept that. <laughs> But it's it's it, the the whole the fundamental principle of the ITC is in, is in exactly what you have said and what is the spirit between this collaboration is compromise. It, it is acknowledging that everybody has strong feelings and opinions about what we do because everybody loves it so much and that that's a good thing and that if you find a middle road, more people will have more fun and that's where we're coming from with uh, bringing all these different missions into the ITC format and I'm just I'm very excited. It's going to be really cool to see. Um, which missions people enjoy playing the most without any sense of, of jealousy or anger or anything like that. Because what we decided is that the Las Vegas Open, we're going to take the six missions or not, excuse me, nine missions that uh, are the most popular. That's what we're going to play. And I think that that's going to be super fun. So um, before we, we uh, kind of wrap this up, Mike, I do want to give everybody the opportunity to hear from you the inspiration for your missions because your missions are widely regarded as being some of the best for high level competitive play. Um, I think that they're brilliant. I think they're really well written. Um, they, they can be a little complex. So I wanted to give everybody the opportunity to hear from you uh, the intent and the kind of like the design um, inspiration for your missions. Cause I think they're really good. Sure. And I'll see if I can make, you know, I have, it's, it's easy to have a lengthy elevator speech, but I'll try to make this one quick hitting so you guys get the, the, the nutshell pretty quickly. But, um, you know, when the, as the missions evolved over time, you know, we took inspiration from even other game systems and things like that. But, um, the design intent at first was how can we balance the game with missions? And the simple answer is you can't. Um, there's no one mission you could design that would just balance 40K, especially seventh edition. However, 
what we instead were able to figure out is can we design a mission such that when you come up to the table, assuming that you're roughly in the same ballpark as your opponent on the you know the competitive level of your army, even if it's not overly competitive, um, can you have a mission that prevents it being a, quote, bad matchup? So that, yeah, sure, if you're playing a bleeding-edge competitive list, you can't, balance, you can't use a mission to make that balanced with a really fluffy list. But if you have two fluffy lists or two bleeding-edge competitive lists, can you design missions such that it's not like, well, crap, it's just the one mission that this is a bad matchup for me. And so you feel like your experience isn't a very fair or fun experience because, you know, if only you'd drawn any of the other missions in a different round. Um, and thus, we try to create a mission format that allowed us to, to level the playing field on matchup so that, yeah, if you're running a really crazy list against a really weak list, there's nothing we can do about that. But you're not going to win or lose a tournament or even an individual game or not have a good experience simply because of a bad matchup due to the mission. And so what we did is every mission has a primary, and the primary has a very traditional way of scoring, such as be standing near the objectives at the end of the game. And every mission has an alternate way of scoring, such as accrue points based on standing near objectives during the game on a turn-by-turn basis. Um, that's a simplified example of the primary. And so there's some armies that, you know, they want to, like, blow you off the table at the end of the game, split up and go run over all the objectives. And there's some armies that... They can survive on the objectives for some time, but eventually might get tabled by a really bad matchup or a certain kind of Death Star or whatever. And so it gives each army the opportunity to try and you know score points during the game um, on primary that way, and we cap the primary. So if your army is a very bad matchup, you pick the right one of those, you can commit to it long enough to try and max out that score before you get tabled or before your opponent you know outplays you on the other one, and at least tie on the primary, which is the goal. So there's two elements of that. One is choosing the method of scoring the primary that works best for your army in that particular matchup. And the other part is capping it so that, you know, if it is still a rough matchup, once you earn the max, you don't then just lose anyway because your opponent earns more of the primary. So there's a cap on that. The secondaries we then do, initially we had different secondaries in every round, and that was very complicated for people to try and get their heads around. So what we did instead was we simplified it after a couple years of revision there's a pool of 12 secondaries that are always active. In each game, you look at your opponent's list and you go, well, I think these three, you pick three of the 12, are the best ones for this matchup. And for each secondary, generally speaking, you can get up to two points each, thus getting up to six points for your secondary. The primary is capped at nine. Um, and then there's a tertiary in play every round because after a while people said, well, kill points are important to the game. They're part of the game design intent. So what we did is, in, in most of the game turns, you can score up to a point a turn if you kill a unit that turn. Um, and so in so doing, we give control to players to go, what's the matchup? Okay, it's bad for me on these calibers. And then they can tweak the mission to a degree to, to help ameliorate some of that matchup issue. Um, and what this gives is it gives players control. It also is a little bit more realistic in the sense that typically if you've got you know two different units deployed to the same battle zone, they're very rarely doing the exact same thing. It's very rare that in war or anything else, you've got a, you know, two platoons that have that happen to run into each other, and they both have the exact same mission, which is to capture those specific five buildings or whatever. Right. And so it gives a little bit more, you know, hey, I'm running kind of a fast recon type force. Well, I'm going to naturally select missions that suit what a fast recon type force would be sent to do. So in addition to adding more balance to the game, not perfect balance, but more, it also gives a little bit more of a character to it, and that you tend to tailor the missions to what your army does best which is cool. But because there's a cap on the missions, you also have to try to prevent your opponent from doing what they do best. And so it adds sort of an asymmetrical but balancing influence to the game that makes every mission a little unique. And every mission, instead of just being, up, oh, it's the kill point round again, it's more, well, what round is this? What's my opponent? And so it kind of becomes more fluid and more interesting and more engaging because you're, 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 you're leveling out the matchup issue by tailoring the mission to that matchup and then playing the game you know, by mashing heads against your opponent instead of going, well, my list just beats him this round, and haha, I guess I win. So that's where that came from. And then, of course, the kill point element adds, you know, that element of the game so that it's not ignoring, you know, what in the core rulebook is a substantial element of the of the basic game. At a high level, it gives you control to a degree while still maintaining both the end game and turn-by-turn elements that you see in Eternal War and Maelstrom missions. Um, but gives sort of takes influences from games like Malifaux. If you've never seen it, it has some cool elements to it from 40K and also just from sort of a step back, take attendee feedback over what close to 10 years now and 
how can we take all that stuff and make a mission that that gives players control while still honoring the spirit of the game and also adding a little bit of character and fun to the experience and that's that's what they evolved to be and and over each year just like we talked about earlier we take the feedback from the attendees and regardless of our own opinions about what we think is best we usually revise the missions to to better reflect whatever the attendees found to be good or bad about them and i I have nothing to add to that because I agree with everything that you said. It gives a control to the players uh, to choose their own destiny. And if you choose wisely, you will do well and you can overcome a bad matchup. So, um, yep. And that's, that's maybe the one, the one risk. And if there's a downside to the missions you hit on it, they can be complicated. Read them carefully. Take a look at the ITC packet, read through them, make sure you get the gist of it. Cause what we do find, and it's a downside that we're still working to address, frankly, is sometimes people who haven't looked at them ahead of time and show up at a tournament, they just kind of go, well, okay, I get it, but I'm just going to take the standard scoring objectives at the end of the game, and I'll take First Blood, Slay the Warlord, and Lightbreaker, because I don't want to read the rest of this stuff. Yeah, and they, yeah. end up, <laughs> that does they end up not, <laughs> they end up not doing as well and not enjoying the missions as much, because their opponent might go, oh, well, I'm going to mark one unit for death as a secondary, and I'm going to do this secondary that makes sense for my Warlord, and, and then, then I'll also take First Blood, because I think I'm going to go first or get the first kill. And I'm going to choose the, the progressive turn-by-turn turn scoring because I run a Gladius Space Marine formation. I know his Death Scar is going to kill me by the end of the game no matter what I do, but maybe I can max my primary before he does and then sneak out a win on secondaries. And so read the missions is the only thing I can say. And it might take you 10 minutes of your life, um, but you'll have a much more fun experience once you get to the tournament if you do. 100%. And like what the number one way... To do to improve your 100% guaranteed improve your performance at a tournament is to read the packet before you get there. <laughs> yeah, it's great <laughs> that, to talk, Reese. What are you talking yeah, about? That's, that's uh, that is the oldest pro tip in the book when it comes to competitive 40k. Um, uh, do as we say, not as we do. Uh, I can tell you from experience. Both Reese and I have committed the cardinal sin of oh, I guess I should read the missions now that we're here at the tournament and uh, have painted the arms, <laughs> paid the money. <laughs> read the mission. That's the best way to to get better. Um, yep. Well, anyway, Mike, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. It's a pleasure having you. Uh, thank you for your time, and definitely thank you for the collaboration. I think that uh, the community as a whole is going to benefit, and I think a lot of people are going to get exposed to these very, very cool missions, which I think is a big positive. It's great for the community. It's great in general. And, and FYI, we're planning on seeing if we can incorporate some ITC missions into Nova this year as well. Awesome. Just because by, by the collaboration, it's really seamless and easy for both of us to do so. So look forward to that. Look forward to seeing you again soon, brother, and look forward to talking again soon. Okay, buddy. Well, you enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care, brother. Bye. 